You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, we're live, pal. Welcome to another episode of the A-Side Live show here on MMAfighting.com. Your only stop for Wednesday podcast in the world of mixed martial arts. We're not the only stop, the best stop. But of course, uh, joining me this week is the man that is usually with me every single week. is Casey Lydon, but we don't want to hear from him this week. We want to hear from our two special guests. Jordy Torres is back. I'm going to let you talk in a minute. Uh, but joining us for his, I guess, technical debut, he, he made a guest appearance once. But Dean Thomas, something's going on in your life, right? What's happening? Uh, well, f- before I tell you what's happening, can we just acknowledge the fact that Shorty put on lipstick before y'all started recording? I didn't want to put him on blast. I was gonna let his coach do that. Can we acknowledge that? No, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm still in Vegas. I'm still in Vegas. The UFC is taking good care of me, and um, just uh, happy to still be around, still alive. <laughs> what was the? Uh, how long have you been in Las Vegas? I've been in I've been in Vegas since um, Sunday last week. Whoa! So this is yeah. So I haven't left to... the hotel room in ten days. Whoa! You, li- so you, li- they... you literally haven't walked out that door in ten days. I haven't walked out this door in ten days. Oh my goodness, that is wild. So literally no difference than what you do back <laughs> at the house. Maybe yeah, sure. pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You know, but it's but this is different though, Shorty. Maybe I should have you do this. So like, if I need something, I call down and they'll bring it up. But you know, everybody was like wants to stay away from me. So like, they run up, they 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 drop it on the floor, knock on the door, and then I I watch them scurry away. It's amazing. <laughs> how long do you, how much how many more days left do you have to stay in Las Vegas? Well, I'm I'm getting tested again tomorrow, and God willing, it comes back negative, and then I'm out of here. What was the process of, of getting the positive results? Because I've had those tests in Las Vegas. You, is it the same Holiday Inn that they always stick people in? I think so. I'm yeah, not I, was sure at, I was at that Holiday Inn for the Apex cards where you, they put the media up there for like 12 hours, but none of us tested. I haven't heard from anyone that tested positive. So what was the, the process of learning that you had tested positive and were now under quarantine for so long? Well, um, you know, the, the whole thing was that, you know, once you tested, you couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. So I was in my room just chilling, hoping that um, just and I was nervous anyway. I was like, man, I'm nervous about this. And um, and then Dana the next day told me that I had tested positive. So it was like, oh, and I thought he was playing. I thought it was a bit for looking for a fight. Sure. I really did. I was like, where are the cameras at? Any minute they're going to come busting in this room telling me it was a joke. And that never came. So it was uh, very disheartening for me. Wait, so Dana, we- Dana's the guy that gave you the call? Yeah, data game. <laughs> that, I wonder if that's wow. normal. I doubt it, yeah. but like, I mean, I, I'm actually honored. You know, it's yeah. like an honor. Like Dana called me to tell me this. You know. My God, I'm sure we'll have questions about that. But Shorty, how's life with you? All the way on the other side of the country from your coach. Uh, I'm alive, man. I'm not sick, which is great. So either I'm asymptomatic or I don't have anything. 
Uh, but either way, man, I decided to come back to Chicago, work with my coach pretty much who started me off, Master Bob Shermer, been here for about a week and a half and just doing my thing, you know, training, trying to stay in shape. And actually, my fight, well, because I'm doing this on my phone, I don't have my laptop or Wi-Fi, my fight just got announced. Uh, I'm fighting Sean Santello, a.k.a. Shorty Rock, so it's pretty much battle of the shorties. The location and the date will both be announced, but man, I'm excited. I'm just, you know, I've known about this for at least a good month, so I've been training, 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 or at least speculated about this for a good month. Mm -hmm. Training, staying, you know, with Dean. I mean, Dean, who I'm not, you know, I'm not quarantining. And, uh, you know, just, just doing my thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy getting punched in the face, all beat up. I literally just finished practice. That's why I look all crazy. But I guess that's my usual. Why not, right? What happened when you found out Dean had tested positive? Did you start freaking out? Nah. No, I left. You <laughs> <laughs> left? Like, yeah, you see how he is? He left me. <laughs> I didn't freak out. I just got the hell. Dude, your house is haunted. There's no, there's no way it's not haunted because I'm in there by myself. And after the first day, I just hear like noises of like if somebody's home or walking around and I'll come outside my room and I'm like, no, I got to get out of here. No, I got to, I can't do this for too long. And I left. That's it. I left. Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I hear the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like you just hope someone's there. You can be like, ah, oh, cool. I'm getting robbed. It's not just me making sure. <laughs> But none of you guys are experiencing any symptoms, right? I'm, not. No, I'm good now. Yeah. I had headaches before, but... Well, that's good. It's, well, it's usually because of me, but now it's because of yeah. Corona, so that's a sure. whole different thing. He thought it was just normal stuff. Well, I'm sure we're going to get a million questions about it. For those of you that are just that have never watched this show, you can leave a question on Twitter, the site, wherever. You can send DMs, you can message us on Instagram, whatever you want to ask Dean Shorty, and if you, for whatever reason, want to ask me a Casey question, feel free. But Casey, what is our first question for our do, do, do. illustrious guests? Do, do, do. Hold on. Oh, where my faces go? Yeah, no one wants to see me. It's of live television. Hold on. Yeah, look at us. Dean, what you been eating while you're there? <laughs> You know what I've been eating? I ordered peanut butter and jelly from from Amazon and chicken nuggets. Same thing I eat when I'm home. <laughs> Did you, I was about to say, you take air fry with you? <laughs> I wish. From Cam Kelly Gang on Twitter, what's the next major change you either think will happen next or like to happen next in the UFC? So this is a very broad question. <laughs> That's a broad question. So like, what things, what change are you? Do you think will happen in the UFC? Shorty, I'll start with you. Oh, man. Very broad Dang. question. What do you think will happen? What do you want to happen? The, the hardest part, I mean, obviously, we're going to have closed events going on for a while. I don't believe things aren't going to be back to normal until sometime next year, maybe even mid-next year, the way things are going. All these countries are having, you know, um, pandemics all over again. You know, California, Florida, uh, what are the states? Is Georgia, Texas, all shutting back down because of, you know, all this problem. So I don't know what's going to happen. You know, some states, at least in the United States, are going to close back down. Some states are opening back up. We're not like New Zealand, where we're pretty much COVID-free. Uh, so everywhere around the world is going to be extremely hectic. You're going to get people like Dean Thomas not having any symptoms, not an hour, gets tested, and he has to stay in Vegas for about two weeks, you know? So you never know what's going to happen. These people are going to get tested. A lot of main events, co-main events, fights are going to be canceled. Look at uh, boxing. I think Top Rank had their co-main event or their main event canceled, so the co-main event went to the main. Ended up being a great card, but it's just one of those things that you never know. Gilbert Burns had to stay home, and now that fight's going to be, um, you know, postponed until another day, which I do believe Burns should be the next guy, but it's it, it's a crazy thing. I can't say for sure, 
But I hope we do get, uh, you know, all these fight cards that the UFC has been saying. And same thing with other promotions. But I, I don't know what's going to happen. Dean, what do you think is going to – another, again, broad question. What major yeah. change do you think will happen next? Well, I'm going to answer this from a different perspective, not ha having anything to do with the pandemic. I'm going to answer this from a perspective of I think we need to do something about the judging and the pay structure of the UFC. I think the judges need to be held more accountable. I, I believe we need to do open scoring. They're already doing that in Invicta. I believe yes. open scoring with the scoreboard at the top. And I also believe that they need to stop the win bonus. I think that the win bonus is ridiculous. I've never seen a person in a fight go, man, I got to get this win bonus in the middle of the fight. It has nothing to do with the fight. They need to pay these guys just a standard flat fee and then and raise the flat fee, but pay them a standard flat fee and not do a win bonus because when guys lose fights, they lose half their money on based on three guys that had absolutely nothing to do with the fight. And I think it's just a ridiculous way we score fights, a ridiculous way we judge fights, and a ridiculous way these guys are getting paid. Have you ever told Dana that? Are you kidding me? No, I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought I was going to say. Um, what do you? I'll, I'll play devil's advocate because we've talked about open scoring. That's probably the topic we discuss and get asked about the most on this show. A lot of people think that if there is open scoring, people will start, quote, unquote, coasting if they know they're up. Uh, Casey and they, and they have a right to coast if you're up. If you're up, you have a right to coast. The burden should not be on you to let the other guy in. The idea, if you if you know that you're losing, you need to catch up. And if you don't catch up, then you're the punk, not the one that's coasting. If you can coast, you have a right to coast. Well, what would you say to fans that like the reveal at the end? Like, they like the drama, the suspense of a split decision where they say, and new or and still. <laughs> They're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, but you'll still get that if the fight is close enough. Mm -hmm. If the fight, if in, in a three-round fight, if it's one and one, and both guys know mm -hmm. that they need to win that last round, you'll still get the reveal. But if a guy is dominating the whole fight, he should be able to coast if he feels like it because he didn't dominated the whole fight. It's the other guy's job to catch up and knock him out. Yeah, I'm gonna be Dude. devil's advocate because I love watching basketball games, but I, I cover up the score. So when the game ends, I, I try to add it up in my head and I guess who wins. I think it's much more. I think it's a much better way to watch any sports. Just don't know the score of the entire game and just kind of add it up in what you think is going to be the score. It makes it much more dramatic. Oh, kidding. that's so you like. Like I think Invicta, they would show the scores to the corners on an iPad, and it was up to the corners whether they told their fighters you're up or you're down. Do you like that method, or do you want the scores up on the jumbotron for like no. everyone to see? I want the scores on a jumbotron. Everybody should be able to see it. It also makes the judges more accountable because at the yes. end of the fight, when his, when the scores are done, they're just like, I'm going home. I don't care about y'all. But at the end of the day, like, they need to be accountable. Like, what other sport where the refs aren't accountable for their actions? They need to be accountable for making mistakes on scoring. Dean Thomas speaking the truth on the A side. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting sweaty listening. In. I like it. I love it. I love it. Casey, what do you think is going to happen? In the UFC. Ain't nothing gonna change. It's gonna be the same <laughs> shit. Guys fall out, they fill in someone on two days' notice. Same pay. I mean, I've been, like, how, then, um, how, how long you been in MMA? Like, how long have you been? You've been like 15, 20 years working in MMA? Man, longer than that. I've been doing uh, since 95. 95, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm like, I'm year 15 into this. And, like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've been complaining about open scoring. I've been complaining about judging. I've complained uh, for like 15 years, I, I feel like. You, I'm sorry? Well, here's I the want... thing, man. It's not until the UFC starts to feel the effects of it 
when they'll change it because right now they don't really have no like financially they don't lose out because of it it doesn't matter for them like the scores could be wrong the only people who suffer from it are the fighters and the fighters are just like ah i put on a good fight anyway i'm hoping to get a bonus but until you see uh score things happen like max holloway and 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 volkanovsky happen more often where the ufc is like man i, I gotta pay this guy i didn't even think he won then we're going to start seeing when they start losing money out on it then UFC's going to have to do something about it. But until then, they don't really have no in interest in doing anything about it. I'd like to see more of unified rules so John Anik doesn't have to say, well, we're in this state, so it's this <laughs> set of rules that are happening. And then the next week, I'm watching with the same people in my my apartment, and they're like, wait, what is the difference between rules state to state? I'm like, don't, don't even worry about it. It's a whole headache. I would like unified rules. That's what I've been asking for for a while. You know, but uh, go, but anything else? Going back to the talking about the drama, you know, people, oh, what about the drama of the hand raise? To me, in a five-round fight, you get drama every single round. Now, mm -hmm. into the second round, now you're like, what's the score? Into the third round, what's the score? Rather than just, you know, okay, I'm going to use this, I'm going to use this as a, as a go, go, go run to the restroom, you know, during the in, in, between, in between rounds. So I think you actually add the drama, you build it up. So, yeah, it's stupid. Open scoring. Open show, scoring. Show, show, show's over. We got it. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I wanted to talk about. Thank you. Have a good <laughs> Thank you for the question, Cam Kelly. It was very broad, but we got a lot of good answers. <laughs> boring fighters from Jones Eats Cormier on the site. Why does MMA media run to the defense of boring fighters? The Usman fight was boring. Was it high level MMA? Of course it was, but it was also very boring. Why does MMA media feel the need to quote correct fans voicing their displeasure in a particular fight or fight style? I blame Casey. This of course everything is Casey's fault. He is the embodiment of MMA media. Sure, I'll start with you. Why do I guess us as media members? I don't think I, I don't see this much, but why, why do you think fans think media members have to quote I guess correct fans from voicing their displeasure? Um, you know, the, the crazy thing is born fights doesn't matter. If you get the win, you get the win. And I know media automatically has to talk good or bad about someone just to publicize something to get the story out. You know, for the media, if, if you're protecting the born fighter, then you're protecting the born fighter because he's winning. But if you're obviously bashing the born fighter, well, I understand that. But if he still gets the win, he gets the win. Actually, it's, it's crazy. Tyron Woodley told me that one time, you know, because me, I'm a person who likes to make a, a fight exciting. And at the time, Tyron was getting bashed for playing safe in a lot of fights. And he's like, this is when he was champion. He goes, dude, I don't care. I don't care what the fans think. I don't care what anybody thinks. Anyone can say everything about me. But I got the belt around my waist and I'm getting paid for it. So what's it really matter? For me as a fighter, I'm still going to do what I want to do. The fans are going to think whatever. The media is going to say whatever. But as long as I got the belt around my waist, I'm doing my job, and I'm doing it very well. Dean, your thoughts. Why does the media have to, quote, unquote, correct fans? Well, I, I think I think the media has more of an obligation to— I think it's a better—it's better, it's more interesting in, in the media to protect their, the fighters that they're bashing because they want to get interviews eventually. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I, you know what? You bashing Usman. I'm not going to side with you because I want to talk to Usman one day. So I think it makes sense <laughs> that they protect the fighters when they can. But I think fight, I think fans need to stop bashing fighters for thinking that they're boring. I mean, it's not... If Usman, what he's doing is winning, it's not his job to stop doing what he does best in order to entertain people because he's winning. If you want to see Usman do something more exciting, it's the job of the, his opponent to pull it out of him. Not Usman to dumb himself down for the fans. What did you guys think of all the people on Twitter whining about the foot stomps? 
Hey man, futsal suck. <laughs> they, you don't feel it. You don't feel it that day. You're like I, my my last fight. I was like, cool. You futsal me twice, dude. It doesn't hurt. My drilling's up. I, I don't feel it. And then the next day, I woke up and I'm walking. I'm like, what the? Oh damn, they do work, huh? Look at that. But it doesn't work immediately towards the fight unless you get like that that sweet spot. It's so big. But again, it's it's the old MMA style. If it's still legal, why not do it? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, first time to nothing new. It, it, it surprises me how, like, when some of these old techniques are brought back and they're so apparent that people start thinking they're new. Like, foot stomps are nothing new. They've been going on forever since the beginning of time. It's just Usman had the opportunity to use it more now in this fight, and it was, you know, obviously very apparent. But, man, you could break a foot doing that. Like, if you, like Shorty said, if you catch the sweet spot, you'll break a foot. So I like foot stomps. Now, obviously... You know, can you win a fight that way? Well, Usman did, but, I mean, it's, it's whatever. You know, at the end of the day, it's whatever. Like, I think foot stops are great. It's like Connor's shoulder strikes. As soon yeah, as he Connor's did it like, once, people... Yeah, has been doing that. Yeah. It was like, I've seen that... A th I saw John Jones do it to Glover, like, at UFC 172, and all of a sudden people are calling it the... Like, they, someone did it in the fights this past weekend, and the commentary was like, oh, shades of Conor McGregor. I was like, I guess, but he's the most recent yeah, one. Yeah, but... But if the foot stomps would have ended the fight, then people would have would have praised That's it. That's fair. No, no. So, but because it did it, you know, there's there's that fact. It's just to me, it's just like people wanted Masvidal to win, and they didn't want Usman to win. If Masvidal would have foot stomped Usman to for 24 minutes and want, and Masvidal's got the belt based on foot stomps, everyone would be like, foot stomps rule, and every question would be like, why why isn't John Jones foot stomping more? It's just to me, it's just the fans want one guy to win, so you're just looking for excuses. That's a fair point. But I hope that answers. <laughs> you train foot stomps? You don't train them. You just kind of see them and do them, right? Yeah, you don't really train them. You, I mean, I don't know how you would even train that. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there a technique? Yeah. Is there a proper technique? I, well, I mean, I guess you would have hit with the, the hard part of your foot, you know, where it's, where it's heaviest. But, yeah, I don't think that's something that, like, you even train. That's Yeah, that's hard to train. <laughs> But shorty, like, like, I guess we got something to work let, on let me, on Monday. Yeah, let me let me put someone in defense and just foot stomp them ten times, and then other foot turns to the other shoulder. All right, cool, it's your turn now. All right, yeah, let's keep on doing that shadow box. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really hard to train those. I mean, it's smart though because twenty five percent of the bones are in your feet. You know, those are like super super tiny bones. So I mean, you ever. I mean, for, for Dean, for example, because obviously him and I both fight, you ever kick someone and you feel perfectly fine, but then after you're like, oh, man, my foot hurts. It's probably because you you ended up, you know, hurting one of the bones, and they're super, super small. So when somebody foot stomps you so many times, like a charley horse in the same exact spot, your foot, the top of the foot's pretty much all bone. The, top, the bottom of the foot is where really you have the cushion. So if you start healing someone in the foot... Man, that can that can change a thing. So I think it's a I think it's a great game plan and something we should practice. And why not? It makes people think too. Of it's it's just like you know going high low. It's like oh man, I'm yeah. not thinking about the clinch anymore. I'm thinking about moving my foot and cool. And now I get to knee pick someone or throw them by. So it's a different game plan. Case you ever been foot stomped? No. I, I'll be right there. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I watched I watched Charles Sonnen uh, train once, and he had like. He, he rolled someone over so he, they weren't flat down they were on their knees and they had their hands their palms face down and Chael punched one of the hands from the top position and that guy lifted his hands up and he got through a naked choke I thought that was super bizarre I'd never seen that in a fight before remember when, anyway. when, when Usman brought Maya I remember Maya being on his back and Usman grabbed Maya's foot and started punching his foot remember <laughs> that so, 
<laughs> and everyone made fun of him for that. But I was like, eh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a strike, and I guess. Getting punched hurts no matter where it is. Well, actually, like, you know, you asked me if I'd taken a foot stomp, but when, guys, when, like, when you're sparring, like, you don't, no one, no one even spars foot stomp because you don't want to injure your opponent over something stupid, right? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean injure your sparring partner over something kind of dumb like a foot stomp. You won't even, like, use it in sparring, right? I mean, I've done it, but just like in sparring, like I'll throw knees, I'll throw elbows, even to the to the slowest extent. So I'm sometimes tapping people yeah. and just letting them know, like, hey, if this was real, just like sparring, like I'm not going to 100%, but if I hit you in the face nice and clean, you know, if that was 100% of a punch, that would have hurt. So maybe you should, you know, put your hands up, remove your head. So it's the same thing with the foot stomps. I'll respectfully put it down, and people are like, damn, maybe I should move my foot. Ah, trap. You know, so <laughs> it's it's just it's just little techniques change the game. More foot stuff. Hope we can answer your question, Jones. Eats Cormier. Oh, and but the MMA media running into the defense of boring fighters. It's like it was a boring fight, but a boring fighter is the champion. So boring doesn't boring and winning are two separate things. So I don't even think that fight was overly boring to begin with. No, and it wasn't. Uh, and it wasn't. It, it definitely was, wasn't. It was just yeah. You know what? If if if. If they don't want fighters, if they want fighters to just be exciting, then let's stop having winners and losers. And let's just say everybody wins and let's just be exciting. Yeah. But when the reward and the goal is to win, you got to do whatever you can at all costs to win. Use your skill set to win. What Usman's doing is great. I don't care if it's exciting or not. He's winning. There you go. From Grin N on the site, what's the bigger issue with the controversial MMA decision win loss? The ten point must system or the quality of judges? Uh, Dean, I'll start with you since this was uh you brought this up. What is since I brought it up? <laughs> what's the bigger I, issue? I, I think they kinda go hand in hand because um you need because of the ten point must system, which is I think ridiculous for MMA, it's just not enough. You're gonna need a high quality of judges that know everything about the game. And that's the problem because, like, in order to effectively judge MMA, you have to know a lot about jiu-jitsu. You have to know a lot about boxing, a lot about kickboxing, a lot about wrestling. You have to know a lot about these things because you need to know what is harder to deal with. You need to know what submissions are, like, close. There's a lot to know. And then you add into the fact that, like, the 10-point the must system is so vague. I mean, it only works for boxing because there's only six punches being thrown. But when you're talking about a sport that has so many different things involved, we need a little bit more. We need something more to really give it a, a, a little bit more Nuance. difference in, in what we're doing here because 10-point must system won't work for that. And then if we have to use the 10-point must system, we need a high quality of judges, somebody who knows what they're doing, not some dudes who, like, just watched it and were fans of it and or came from boxing because now you're biased towards the boxing. So I, I don't know. I think it's probably, I, I think at the end of the day, it's probably a 10-point must system that just should be fixed first as opposed to the quality of judges because that's, because you it's hard, it's, it's going to be hard to get good judges across the board as opposed to at least fixing the system in itself. We asked Israel Adesanya this question. He says if we're going to use the 10-point must system, he wants to use all 10 points. I can't remember the exact round. He's like, one of those rounds in my Kelvin Gaslam fight, that's a 10-4. That's not a 10-9. I beat his ass. So he wants to use the entire 10 points. He's like, if we have to use it, use all of them. But Shory, yeah, exactly. what do you think? I think so. I think that's the only way it works. Shory, what do you think? 
Yeah, we do have to fix and adapt the 10-point must system because boxing, cool, that works for boxing. That was made for boxing, but we need something made specifically for MMA. It is a completely different sport where we're on our feet, we're on the ground, and we're using many more tools. And again, I see people winning fights off of submissions attempts, but how tight were these submissions? Were they just kind of thrown up? Is that considered a submission attempt? Does it have to be locked in? It's the same thing with punches. If you got a fighter who's always throwing pop shots, but then on the board it says he's landed this many significant punches, who's counting that? You know, so we need people behind the scenes, the judges, or even the, you know, the guys who just in general take the points of, of you know, to have them be better educated. You know, obviously look at Frank Trigg as a referee. I think he's a phenomenal referee because he's been through those experiences. He knows maybe this choke is tight. He knows that this guy's spitting out his mouth guard because he's actually tired instead of, oh, it just fell out. You know, it's just these little things of people need to be naturally put in there to better understand them while watching it during a fight. Compared to, like, when somebody gets dropped, uh, the Jose Aldo fight, obviously there was a controversy where it should have been stopped much earlier. Do I agree with that? Yes. But then you also have to look at from the fighter side point of view of he's a champion. You're trying to let him go out in the shield. But then, okay, maybe you give him a little extra time because it is a championship fight. But now you're giving him too much time. And now he's taking too much damage. So, again, it's it's those things you have to, to take a look at. And I believe the judging is the biggest part. And then eventually adapting the 10-point muscles in the MMA. Casey, okay, so what do you think? Uh, I think the 10-point must system sucks. <laughs> sucks. How many? How I can't. I can't think of one on top of my head. But like, how many round? How many fights have we seen a three a three round fight where one one person maybe wins rounds one and two by like eh, they got an extra jab in there. They they push to get they push a guy against the cage for an extra fifteen seconds at the end. So like, I guess I gotta give him that. Ten, I guess I, I gotta give him that round. But then that third round. That guy just takes an ass whooping, but not quite a 10-8. Not like quite like he's almost dead. Because we have to, like, guys basically have to almost lose half their life to give him a 10-8. So, like, the most significant damage in the whole fight, in the whole 15-minute fight, was done by the losing fighter. And they, we see it so many times where, like, you know, one, there's 10-9s there's and there's big 10-9s, but we count them the same. So, 10-point must system sucks. Way over the quality of judges. That's 100%. Thanks for the question, Grin N. A lot of judging in. Yeah, I know. What we're going to change in UFC this this time. Is this another one? Another judging one? <laughs> From Robin G87. Well, when will the referees <laughs> learn? When referees go through the rules with fighters in the back, why don't they warn them not to po- poke opponents in the eye, don't kick your opponents in the balls, and don't grab the fence? It's ridiculous that the referees during a fight got to go to a non-English speaker's corner to have a translator warn a fighter about the rules. Follow-up question, how many months will Stipe be injured after his next fight with Cormier due to play an eye poke? So, Shorty, I'll start with you. Uh, why, I guess, you've been in the back, you've had referees tell you the rules, so on and so forth. They tell you the rules in the back, right? So I'm not just yeah. making that up. So, the, But it you know, still happens. I think a lot, of, a lot of the eye pokes and low kicks and everything, I'm going to say almost the, the vast majority of them are accidental. No one's just going to go out there and just kick someone in the junk or poke someone in the eye for no reason. So, But to answer this question, talk about the referees. Unless you're in, like, UFC 1 through 10, you know, sure. just start groin shotting Joe-san and just keep on going until he lets go. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Oh, dude, just so thank you, Dean. I've been watching the old UFCs. They're freaking hilarious. I told uh, you. Headbutts, headbutts, groin shots. But the thing is, back in the day, those rules weren't explained. They were just like, well, I can do anything. They just started clawing people, you know. So it didn't matter. But nowadays, they literally tell you you can't do these certain things, even in practice. 
don't obviously eye gouge. These are the things when they when uh, the first time you spar naturally, you can't do these certain things. So implement what you can do, and that automatically, as your amateur days go on and your pro career goes on, that becomes common sense. No groin shots, no eye gouging, no holding on to the opponent's gear or shorts and stuff like that. You know, so the rules are one common sense. The rules are also explained to you back uh, in the locker room, and then they're explained again to overemphasize. And I'm like, hey man, you had your one mistake. Now the next one, you might be uh, deducted a point, two, or even disqualified. So don't do it again. And it's just, it's one of those things that happen. I mean, uh, the groin shots, most of the time, majority, I never see someone just full straight out front kick someone in the groin. But there's some times where just some guy moves, he's throwing an inside leg kick, and it just slides up. Those things actually do happen, sometimes more than once. And after that, you're like, okay, cool. I'm not throwing any inside leg kicks anymore. I'm not throwing any low body shots anymore. That's where the fighter has to change up the game. But... It's it's naturally explained, and for the the Cipe question, hey man, he's older. This might be his last fight too, so he can be injured as long as he wants to be. And plus, he's fighting, you know, for 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 his service, uh, being a firefighter. Let him do him, man. I, I can't complain, but I'm excited for this third fight. And I think it's a it's a good last fight for both if they both decide to retire for sure for Cormier. Dean, to answer the question, when will referees learn? <laughs> The refer—that's uh, an unfair question because you're assuming that they—they're assuming that they don't go over the rules in the back, mm -hmm. in which they do go over the rules in the back. But at the same time, it's not really the referee. Just because, like, you see fighters go out there poking, it's like telling—it's like telling a five-year-old don't don't go in the cookie jar, and then they turn and then they go in the cookie jar. You can't say, yeah, "Oh, I still go in the cookie jar every day." Yeah, like it's like telling Shorty not to go in the cookie jar. He's still gonna go in the cookie jar. It's not my fault. He still went in the cookie jar. So, yeah. So the reality is, it's not the ref's fault half, most of the time. It's it's the fighters that you know. Sometimes they get caught up in the moment, or sometimes they just don't care. They're just like, you know what? I'm gonna take my my um, warning. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get one. Everybody gets one. Yeah, everybody gets one. I'm gonna get mine. Uh, but in terms of Stipe, how many months will he be injured after his next fight? I don't know. I don't think Cormier is going to blatantly poke him in the eyes. I think that's again an unfair, an unfair assessment of Corey, Cormier's uh, skill set. Yeah, we our own Damon Martin spoke with Cormier, and he thought it was an absolutely ridiculous question. He was like, "What do you think? I'm just going to go out there and stab someone in the face on purpose? Like, it's not going to happen." So, I hope that answered your question, Robin G. Though. I, oh, <clears throat> Dean, what do you, or Dean uh, uh, Shorty, what do you think about this? I've I've always been a big proponent of um, half point deductions. Like, cause, cause basically like you always say you get one, you get one, you know, I poke, get one fence grab, you get one ball shot. So to me, what I hear means those are legal. If I get one, it means it's legal. I mean, if I can kick you in the dick one time, that's a legal shot. So what, why instead give them a half point deduction. It's a serious infraction, infraction, but it won't, that, that half point won't adjust, won't mess up the final score. So it's a really hard warning. And I don't know. I just think I was a half point deductions might be an answer to that. Well, no, I think that uh, I think they can give a point if um, but like, but like, I guess Israel Adesanya said it best the way you said it, like used all the ten points. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think in MMA, if they used all the ten points, then point deductions would matter in, in, yeah. in those situations. And um, yeah, I, I I think that yeah, if you're gonna use a ten point must system, you got to use all the ten points. Yeah, yeah, I think everything I'm, goes back to I'm the scoring system. Yeah, the scoring. Bring back pride rules. That's what I'm going to say. Well, I, man, hell no. Nah. Nobody want to get kicked in the head. <laughs> besides the, besides <laughs> soccer kicks. 
I, I just want to say, I remember training with like Adriano Morris and um, and Kyoji Horiguchi, and I would stay in headlock position. I'm like, ah, cool, I'm stuck at a headlock. He's not going to give me with the choke. Now I don't know where he starts leaving the head. I'm like, dude, you can't. Oh, they're from Asia. I can't do this. Damn, I got to move. You know, so it's just those little things. And I just want to tell you, like, being able to kick or knee a grounded opponent in the head is the most, it's the scariest fucking thing you've ever been through. So for the guys who fight for one, Ryzen, and all those promotions in Asia that allow that, Good for you, man. Good luck. I know that's when I, so when scary. When I brought Suliev over there in a in a, in a, a Noki Bombay, man, he need me in the head when I was on the ground. I said, "Hell no, get me the hell out of here." <laughs> Ask Chuck Liddell that question once. He goes, if you could change anything about MMA. It was a similar thing, like, if you could change anything, rules or whatever. And the one thing he picked, he goes, needs to ground an opponent because I would have destroyed everyone. And I was like, oh, God, a terrifying human being. It's a game changer. It 100% is a game changer. When I think about needs to ground an opponent, I just like, oh, God, I just... Uh, just I, mean, I get so happy thinking about it. And I, I just miss it. So, like, how many fights do you watch? Like, oh my god, this fight would be over right now if they could just knee him. It'd just be over. But you no, know, instead we get you know, you know. Or, or look at look at the fight that just happened. I, it was all, all over social media where they both kind of rocked each other. One guy fell, and the guy just ran up and kneed him right in the face, so a grounded opponent. And it was just like, oh, that would have been awesome. But sadly, you're disqualified. You know. So, and, and honestly, that actually happened to, to me. One of my fights, the guy dropped me. And I went to shoot him for a double, and he just ran in and went to knee me. And I was like, well, and I ducked. But if I didn't duck, dude, I would have been out. But he also would have been disqualified. So it, it, it just changes the whole game of, is it there? 100%. But is it legal in the States? No. And I prefer it to be, you know, illegal just because, man, that can not just change the game, but change lives. And I'm not, I'm not about that. <laughs> yeah. I get hurt enough. I'm good, man. I'm good. What about the oblique kick that Wonderboy wanted to get rid of for a while? Is that, he is that the, to get rid of that for a while? No, Wonder Boy wanted. He he thought it should have been an illegal kick. The, like the knee to the the kick to the top of the knee that like buckles, yeah. buckles your knee back. I'm, I'm wondering why he would want that to be an illegal kick because that's a major weapon of his. I think it was after his Darren Till fight when his knee got all shredded because of those kicks. Is, yeah. is he the one throwing? Is he the one throwing it? I think he was oh. eating him. I think he was he was the one eating him. Yeah, Darren Till kind of beat his legs up with that kick. I like the I like that kick. As a matter of fact, I, I think um. You know, it's a it's a gray area because, uh, like, you if you go to the knee, um, it's you know that's very dangerous. But if you go to the thigh, it's not as dangerous, but it still serves the same purpose. But it's it's hard to kind of judge that in the middle of a fight, like you know, you're trying not to hit the knee. So I, I don't know. I like the kick, and I think that it should be legal. I do like it. I don't like it. It, it hurts a lot, and uh, I'm very heavy on the front leg. So don't <laughs> if you're if you're any one of my future opponents, don't ever do that i will not like you that's it that's really all go. i can do because i probably won't get around it but i just want to say i don't like you don't do it <laughs> is that all it takes? Yeah. all right yeah that's, that's, it. It that's it just 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 kick my knee and i can't win i can't get past it <laughs> i also know joe Schilling hated it joe joe Schilling called it a chicken shit kick i think that's what he called it <laughs> yeah heavy yeah guys guys who are heavy on their leg you know heavy on their front leg mm -hmm. yeah of course they don't like it yeah <laughs> From Jay's store on the site, what's next for Jerry Prohaska? Is he ready to fight fight the men in the title conversation at 205, Jan Reyes Santos? If he is or isn't, who should he fight next? So, Casey, I'm going to start with you because you've seen Jerry Prohaska fight live in person at, la at his last Ryzen fight. He, of course, uh, kicked the door in and knocked Vulcan Ozdemir out dead at the beginning of the second round. 
super weird fight to watch. Nah. Uh, but what you make of his performance, and who do you want to see him fight next? Oh, um, I thought his performance was freaking awesome. I was, that, that, that was the most out, outside of um, Andrade Namunas. That's like the, of all the, the, the weekends of fights. That's, that's probably the second most exciting uh, the fight I was looking forward to the most because I've just been such a big fan of him and. I'm kind of I'm, I'm bummed he's in the UFC only because I just love seeing him in Ryzen and seeing him in the big Saitama and I just I just I wanted more bigger fighters over there like like literally bigger fighters over there but um, I'm happy of his success and man I just um I, yeah of course he's ready for those guys Reyes so if John Jones is gonna be out um, I don't know if they're gonna do an interim bell or whatever I don't know I don't know how the UFC wants to promote him but like yeah he's he's already in the mix so yeah. Didn't he call out Johnny Walker? What do you guys all think about that fight? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, make it happen. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Like, I, this is the thing. Uh, you know, we talk about the light heavyweight division, and, like, nobody ever really calls the light heavyweight division what it really is. Weak. I mean, how a dude come in in his first fight, automatically, they talking about title. Like, what other Like, you can't do that at Bantamweight. You can't do that. It feather, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight. You can't do that in them divisions, but the light heavyweight division and the heavyweight division, you can. A guy come in, knock somebody out, and then all of a sudden, boom, shoot right up to the top. Now you say, yeah, well, he knocked out Vulcan, but the fact that he got a chance, an opportunity to fight Vulcan shows how deep the division is. Not very deep at all. Spin facts. Spin, Spin you know, facts. It, it, it's one of those things damn, I can't even follow up that. You know, it's it's one of those things that, like, did he perform well? Did he beat a good veteran in the UFC? Yeah. But that's one test. Give him one more. Give him two more. Let him face some really high-level guys, some guys that are ranked top 10, top 5, and then let's talk about if that guy is ready for a title shot. I mean, look at the guys that have fought John Jones. They've been pretty much 1, 2, and 3 all in line. But we need someone. We can't just go, oh, this guy's popular. He's done all these things. Let's automatically give him a title shot. Like Dean is saying, that just shows that the light heavyweight division isn't stacked at all. So they're like, oh, one fight, he's popular. Let's get him up there. So it's become a popularity contest, and, and people know him. Instead of, here, let's have him prove the point against these top five guys. And then once he beats one or two of them, not John Jones fight. I do believe he should take some time and, and see where it goes from there and actually prove the point compared to just one fight. But, hey, if the fans want it so far, the UFC is going, ah, if this guy's popular, let's get him up there. I don't see it as just one fight. I think he's he's proven like in his his resume that he's ready for those guys. I mean, I don't think you know you don't bring, he's not a he's not a contender series guy. I think I think he's a legit, he's already a legit full, no full prospect out there. And um, I I love the matchup and um, yeah I think I think he's I think he's earned I think he's earned his way to get to the top of the line front of the line. So he had his record is twenty seven and three. So he has 30 professional fights. Uh, he has not lost. He, he, before he knocked out Volkan Ozdemir, he knocked out C.B. Dalloway in his last fight at Ryzen. And his last loss, God, I have to go to his second page, was in 2015, uh, knockout punch in, at 5.09 of the first round. So long in like a 10-minute first round. Uh, Anthony, The winner of Anthony Smith was Ratchet. There you go. I like that fight. They're all like right there, nine, ten, eleven, yeah, or eight, whatever it was. Anyway, hope that answered your question. But John Jones is gonna be out for a while, so what are we gonna do about that title? Uh, Jan versus Reyes. Yeah, sure, I like that. Yeah, see, it's like Dean said, like, sure, that makes. Why not? Why not? Why not? 
keep his hands up next time, though. Uh, from Trumbo on the site, what's next for Aldo? He gave Jan a really tough fight, just landed and just faded in the later rounds. He's also brought back that murderous leg kicks to everyone's delight. He can obviously still compete at the highest level, but where does he go? Does he stay at Banway for a few more fights and try to get back to the belt? Does he go back to featherweight and try to get a rematch with Vulc- uh, Volkanovski, or does he finally go to lightweight? What does he do? So Jose Aldo, of course, came up short in his uh, bid to capture the vacant bantamweight title. I think this fight was super fun to watch. Uh, it was oh, yeah. high-level striking for the whole time until, like Trumbo said, uh, Jose Aldo kind of faded near the, uh, by the fourth round, which has been his that has been following him. Uh, that narrative has followed him pretty much his whole career. I think he broke his rib uh, sometime in the first round. That's what they were saying. I don't know if that's the actual thing. He got punched, like cleaned down, and he kind of uh, turtled up. But to me, watching it, it looked like he when he was finally throwing his leg kicks in the second round, that gave Jan problems, and then he just abandoned it in the third round. So if he had kept up what he was doing in the second round. We might have had a different story, but he didn't, and he lost. Jan is now the champion. But, Dean, if you're Jose Aldo's coach, what do you want him to do next? You know, I guess you'd have to see how where his heart is right now. Like, I'm assuming he probably still wants to fight. But, I mean, at the, at the highest level, when you're dealing with, like, the top five guys, I don't think weight matters as much because he ain't going to – he's probably not going to beat, the, the, you know, the top three anyway. So – if, if he's not going to beat the top three, why kill himself to cut a bunch of weight? You know, so I think he could he could fight. if He wants a lot of fights to happen. I would go back up to 145 and just fight, you know, some dudes there so you don't have to cut so much weight. Or even go to 55 and fight guys. Because getting the title, if he's not willing to put in the work or if, if he doesn't think he can get the title, man, just have fun fights and, and don't cut a lot of weight. Do it like Donald Cerrone. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with that, and I say right now should be fantasy fights. You know, mm-hmm. the WEC, you know, fight that we all wanted, Dominic Cruz versus Jose Aldo, would be amazing, whether that's at Bantamweight or at Featherweight. I think right now he's lost, what, three three straight title fights, and obviously yeah. the Marlon Moraes fight, which, you know, I personally thought he lost. It was a very close fight, could have gone either way. But it's the fact of he lost a fight, got the title shot, which it, I think the title shot was more out of respect than anything, and he lost that one as well. You know, I'm not saying he's completely out of his prime, but he's definitely sinking down, and he's facing these young, high-level guys, top five, that might not be able to go 100% the first two rounds, but they start to pick it up um, like Peter Jan did, and he's pushing the pace. And now, you know, the championship rounds, he just can't hang anymore. So for me, I think right now, just enjoy enjoy the money fights. Enjoy the fantasy fights. And I think the Dominic Cruz fight would be really, really fun to see. I also would not hate seeing him fight Anthony Pettis at lightweight. I know they teased that. They even had a stare down on the beach in Rio one time before that fight fell out. Uh, but Casey, what do you want? Make a catch fight at 150. Yeah. Sure. Why not? In this world, Jose Aldo can do whatever he wants at this point. Future Hall of Famer. Uh, Casey, what do you want to see from Aldo? Um, I mean, I get, I get why Aldo wants you know another shot at Jan or the belt because I mean, just the money is so much better. Because I don't think he's a big enough guy where he's getting that. He's still on a uh, on a, a show and win type part. He's not like a guarantee. Like oh, here here's a seven hundred fifty grand. No matter what happens, you know he still has to win the fight. He's he's on that still type of contract. But um, I get why he wants the belt. I mean, it's just a lot more money involved. But um, yeah, but I agree with both Dean and Shorty. Just give give him super fights right now, and um, hopefully he's happy with that. Um, but to me, like Aldo, I mean like. As offensively, he seems to be still in his prime, but mm-hmm. it really comes down to durability. He just seems just, he just doesn't have that. He doesn't have, he, unfortunately, I just don't think he has that 
championship level of durability you need the punishment you have to be able to take to fight these guys at the highest level i don't know do you, do you agree dean yeah i, I think so I, and it's not necessarily his durability i think he's just he's taking way too much damage throughout his career i mean there's a guy who's been like in these wars since Mark Hominick, you know, what I mean, he's yeah, just uh-huh. he's taking way too many punches, and and I, and the way those guys train down in Brazil is pretty tough too. So like, they take a lot of punishment in training, take a lot of punishment in fights that he just can't sustain it no more. Like he's tough enough and mentally tough enough to take it, but physically his body's just giving out on him. And that was some, one thing that I think Connor said when he fought him. He said he's over the years he's not gotten better, but he's taking the punishment of it. And that was why I was able to you know kind of bait him into that fight that he did and and you know catch him with that shot. But, you know, a lot of these guys just take a lot of punishment, unnecessary punishment in practice, and then he's been in wars and fights and just he can't take it no more. And Novo Unyao training is no joke. Yeah, everybody says that. Everybody knows that. Like, that's like, you know, they just they, they put him through the gauntlet in every session I hear. Yeah. I watched like a uh, I think it was when Junior Dos Santos went to train there for one fight camp they did like an embedded there type thing and uh, what after the fights they would all climb a, a ladder to the roof of the building and sit in like buckets of ice like that's how they would train that's how they would recover they would sit on the roof of their building in buckets of ice and then go back down and train no no so even their recovery uh, methods were just Spartan like God from Trumbo on the site, points taken for groin shots. Every time someone gets hit with a groin, a bad groin, gets five minutes to recover and necessarily the fighter who threw the groin strike gets the same amount of time to rest and recover. Result is the faulted fighter comes back recovered but diminished and the fighter who fouled him comes back refreshed and better for having done it. What can be done to make this more fair? Take a point away for every groin shot, give the fouled fighter the choice of where the fight restarts in the center of the octagon, give the victim top position on the ground. What do you think? Obviously, in most cases, the foul is accidental, but it also has the, the significant impacts on the fight. So another question about refereeing, uh, what can be done about groin shots? Because there, I can't remember the exact fight. I think it was the Leo Santos fight. There were yeah. several. Uh, and at the end of it, he, he the referee, I can't remember who the referee was, literally yelled at his opponent and be like, Le- what are you Leon, thinking? I think it was Leon Edwards, yeah. <laughs> not Leon. No, no, Goddard. Was Goddard? Yeah. Okay, Leon, sorry. Was Le- Leon Scott was the referee that, uh, not Leon Scott, I can't remember. Yeah, okay, no matter, yeah. Um, who, the referee got, like, visibly angry at, like, I think it was the third foul no, of the card. No, it was the illegal <laughs> knee. Well, yeah, yeah it was, and it took two points away from yeah. what I, if I remember correctly. So, uh, but Shorty, what can be done about groin shots in MMA? I think that was Mark Goddard, but I know what they told us in the IMOF. Immediately, you get one. That's it. No matter what the foul is, you get one. The next one, you don't get a point deduction. You get disqualified. You know, so for me, I remember I was so nervous in my first championship fight that I threw an inside leg kick and it slid up. And my first strike at Worlds was a groin shot. I'm like, oh, great. Fuck me. So it's one of those things that after they're like, dude, one more time. That's it. So no more inside leg strikes. So you have to change your game. So if you know a guy's moving in or certain things, just change your game. Instead of throwing the inside leg kick, all right, now start throwing the left hook or whatever the case may be. So I think once you get warned once, that's it. There's no more, obviously, in MMA as a professional. It's a little more... Um, you know, crazy when it comes to me. So you want to get point deductions instead of completely disqualified, then the fight's over. So I think after there's after one warning, that's it. A point deduction, two points, and then you get disqualified. But we saw, I believe it was Mark Goddard who refereed that fight. 
Mark was, even though the guy wanted to take the full five minutes, after every 30 seconds, Mark Goddard's like, how are you feeling? Cool, trying to kind of bring the guy back in instead of getting that full recovery. So I thought he did a really good job. And I think he, he warned the guy twice. And then the third time, he immediately took two points. You know, so he skipped the whole one point thing and went straight to two points. So it's the fact of you got to have the referees try to force these fighters instead of just waiting on the side and go, cool, hey, man, you got five minutes. Let me know when you want to come back in. Because some guys, I think one of those groin strikes seemed right at the belt line where it seemed like maybe it hit you, maybe it didn't. And the guy took about two and a half minutes until Mark Goddard was like, all right, no, no, you seem fine. Let's go back in. You know, so I, I think that was the, I think that was the Masvidal fight. I think it might have been the Masvidal fight in the main event. As Mark Goddard uh, yelled at both fighters that their corners were still trying to coach them after the groin strike. That, like you said, was kind of on the belt line. But it was. It, it, I'm not going to try and argue what hurt and what didn't in a in a fight. Yeah. But uh, Dean, what what can be done about groin strikes in MMA? I mean, that's a that's a gray area and a tough problem to solve because if you if you make the the punishment too harsh, then you're probably going to start seeing guys faking growing strikes yep. more often than not and pretending to be hurt more in order to get their, the, their opponent punished more. So it's, it's kind of a great area. I don't mind. I don't actually kind of like the idea of maybe allowing the person to start from the position that they want to start in, uh, in order to, to give them kind of some somewhat of an advantage, but it's it's just such a gray area because I know how detrimental growing strikes can be. But at the same time, if you make the punishment too harsh, then you're going to start seeing guys faking getting growing striked in order to allow their opponent to get uh, punished. Okay, so what do you think? How many points? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys agree, but like, the thing, problem with growing strikes is like they're they're not created equal. I mean, there's there's deliberate like reckless kicks that are just right at the crotch, or reckless you no know, teeps that are you know right right there. But a lot of times, you know, you guys throw leg kicks and both opponents are moving, so it's just one of those things that happen. And it's it's kind of like there's true accidental ones and there's reckless groin kicks, you know. And it's it's I would say groin kicks of all the fouls are probably one of the hardest ones to really figure out um, because yeah, it's just a bad one, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer for how to deal with groin kicks. What I recommend is everyone get a metal cup. Get a steel cup. It will protect you a lot better. <laughs> yeah, that might be the answer. Maybe to make that mandatory to use a, a specific cup to, um, to help with this, you know, so that it's not as impactful. So let me ask you real quick. What's the worst type of groin shot? Because from, from what I see on TV, it's the, it's the grazing ones that go on the side. The ones where the cup kind of cuts into you a little bit. It's not like the full-on blunt force. What, what's Dean, what's Dean the worst type? <laughs> Dean has a lot of experience on this. What is the worst type of groin strike you've hit someone with, Dean? <laughs> <laughs> man, <I don't>, Please, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> no, man. No, I, I'll tell you one thing, though. I, for lack of better terms, I got kicked in the, in the noodle once, <laughs> and that was the worst pain I ever felt. I felt like I, my noodle was being severed. You know how when you put salt on a slug? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, you were the slug down there? Yeah. Oh. Jesus. Hey, that's not pee coming out of that blood. What yeah. The hell? So anyway. it's, it's, I mean, I would say the under, you know, if you get like straight under and it lifts, I think that's the worst one because then everything goes to your stomach. Oh, it's, but I mean, for me, I've had a metal cup since 
I think 2016. And honestly, I've been hitting the groin a bunch of times during fights, and I feel perfectly fine because it's a metal cup. Like you end up actually hurting your foot, kicking me. You know, actually, I, I wear a bigger cup on purpose, one to make me look cool. But then two, if I take <laughs> someone's back, dude, that cup is straight at the yeah. lower spine. Oh, I'm such a jerk. Shorty wears his in a club in case girls want to kick him in the ding ding. Yeah. God. I, and I wear it in practice just in case Dean is aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Are you wearing are you wearing one right now, Shorty? <laughs> I'm wearing one right now. Like you don't even know. You 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 never know what's under like this area. You know. So I can I can be wearing a, I can be a crop top. I can be a crop I can be wearing a crop top. You don't even know. I just assumed you were wearing a crop top. Yeah. Uh, I always wear a crop top, honestly. Lipstick and crop top and steel cups. Yeah. That's Shorty's right there. <laughs> I got work right after this, so you know, you know, it, the UFC, the UFC game and MMA game in general, we don't get paid a lot, so I got work after this. Quarantine is tough, man. Oh, wait, since, since we have two pros right here, I want I want one more growing question. I have. <laughs> um, when you do get hit hard, what's from from when I talk to other fighters, basically after about thirty seconds. You either are done or you have to fight. Because for, for I've been told, like, if you get hit hard, the only way to really get rid of that pain is to have another man try to kill you, so you have to concentrate on that. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? Oh, I lose everyone? Oh, no. Oh, no, I lost everyone. Oh well. Okay, there we got I'm Shorty now. Oh, there you, you go. gotta click, click, click the video icon. To me? Yeah, you. Old man technology, you know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> gotta walk across click. the street sometimes. He's <laughs> clicked. No, don't worry. We'll get you home, pops. <laughs> Are you you still on Wi-Fi from like Starbucks? What's going on? <laughs> That hotel Wi-Fi is giving out on him. They're like, man, he's past his, uh, his subscription fee. Oh, there I go. There you go. There, there it goes. is. Oh, man, that's never happened, actually. That was weird. Just Everything just died. Yeah. All right, well, I, I, guess, I, I, guess the, I guess the universe doesn't want to hear anything about, about groin shots anymore. Well, we had a good conversation going right <laughs> when you died, Casey. Jeez. All right. We, Sorry, go are on. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Okay, so everyone, that, that, that technical issues, you can all blame Casey. It's his fault. But, Casey... Before you died, you said because we have two professionals on the site on the site right now, I have a question, and then you just crapped out. <laughs> so what was that. your question? Oh, I was like, <laughs> uh, guys, we, we let me check. Oh, hold on, is everything straight? okay? He says. So guys, when because you're professionals, when you get kicked in the dick really hard, you know you get five minutes. But for, I've well, I've been told basically after about thirty seconds you know if you can fight or not. And the only way to really get rid of that pain is to basically start fighting. You have the other guy. You need, you need a, basically that guy to start attacking you, so you have to worry about that guy. Otherwise, you're just going to focus on the pain. Is that is that true? I don't know. I don't know if that's really true. I, I mean, the pain is like, the thing about getting kicked in the, in the balls is like, <laughs> it, it, like it, sometimes it's a delayed pain, and then it just gets worse. You try to get them out your stomach, you go up and down. But no, I don't know. I don't think that by him attacking you, you stop thinking about the pain. I think the pain's going to be there. Like, if it's going to be there, it's going to be there. I don't think that, you know, in fact, like like, I don't want nobody jumping on me while I'm trying to deal with my, my nuts and my guts. Well, you said, like, after about, after about a minute, you know, because you get five minutes. But so after about a minute, 
you know, I, I don't know. I was just. But, no, no. Yeah. It's 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 one of those where like you ever you ever been? I mean, hell, even like flicked. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, that kind of hurt, and then I don't know where a minute later you're like, oh man, it's okay. It's really starting to kick in. It's a super delayed reaction to certain people. Again, sometimes it might be an immediate reaction. <laughs> Some people it might be a delayed reaction. Some people freaking throw up. You know, so, and we've seen that in UFC fights where the guy just couldn't continue and just started throwing up. I think after, like, two or three in the break, and they're like, yeah, we think this fight's going to be over. It's like, no, nah. he's, after he throws up, he's going to wipe his mouth and be like, all right, guys, let's go. You know, so it's one of those things that it's it's different for everybody. Um, I've broken my hand and torn my MCO in a fight before, and I remember breaking my hand going, is it broken? Feeling a little bit of pain. And then once the next round started, I started getting punched in the face and I completely forgot about my hand and was just, just started throwing my hands again. So it's the fact of some people's bodies react different. Adrenaline works in different ways, but a nut shot, nah, man, that, those, those, those end you, especially if they go inside your guts. No, it, it ends you. I think it was the Matt Mitrione fight. He threw one kick about five seconds in, low blow the guy, and the fight was a wrap. The guy couldn't fight anymore. That was a, that was like a February 2019, 2018. Can't remember his name, but I do remember the, that fight. It's right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, and I asked if because that was one of those they had the back to back fights. They had fights like Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday. I was like, could they just rebook that fight for the next day? Because that fight. Sure. They, Heavyweights. Or what, what was what was that fight Dean that I talked about? Joe Sungin, uh who's the guy that punched him twelve times? Keith Hackney. Yeah, Keith Keith Hackney punched a guy named Joe Sun twelve times in the dick yeah. before he let go. So again, everybody's reaction's different, you know. So <laughs> that guy, I need to take his martial arts it's called Joe Sando. But well, look it up, Google it, so he might get famous. But it's one of those things that hey, maybe I could take a nut shot and be better prepared in my fights. Dean, we gotta start practicing. Let's go. No problem. Foot stomps and groin shots. There you go. From Corey T. Bear on the site, top contender legend fights. I've always wanted to see Jose Aldo versus Dominic Cruz, like we just talked about. Ever since Aldo dropped down, they're both coming off a loss in a title fight. Both can stay in title contention with match up with title implication. Longtime listener, love the show. Shorty, what are some legend fights you want to see? that we can now see in the year 2020 or 2021. Oh, man. Now this makes me think. I mean, Jose Aldo has a, a lot of opportunities. You know, Jose Aldo versus Dominic Cruz. I think it'd be fun to see him fight Cub Swanson again since that was only, what, like a 10-second fight. You never mm -hmm. know if that would have gone different. Hell, even Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo, too, would be a phenomenal fight. What if that fight went past the first round? They both have a poor gas tank. You know, whose poor gas tank is better? You know, so it, I think, honestly, that would be a phenomenal fight. But, you know, Jose Aldo has a lot of opportunity for those fights. And, man, I'm trying to think. Maybe even Khabib, you know, bumping up a weight class, you know, and going to fight those guys at, at 170. You know, who's, who's, who's the 170-pound champ? Kamaro. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, maybe seeing him, you know, wrestler versus wrestler, but then you have a Sambo style. You know, so that would be an extremely interesting match. Maybe it ends up being like Kobe Kamara, where they end up saying, screw this, we're just going to box the entire fight. You know, who's boxing's better? So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of fantasy fights. I'm trying to think. What's Francis tell you one that I, versus everybody? I'll tell you one that I've been asking for forever is I've always wanted to see Cruz versus Frankie Edgar, uh, two of the people with the, some of the best footwork I've ever seen in MMA. And I want to see Aldo run it back against Uriah Faber at 135. That first fight was at 145. Uh, Dean, any other legend fights you want to see in the UFC or not? Not even just the UFC. Well, I mean, legend fights is, is a tough thing to say, but 
in terms of like, because it's different from fantasy fights. So mm-hmm. in terms, I don't know about legend fights, but fantasy fights, I would like to see Aldo running back with Connor. And I, in terms of fantasy fights, I'd like to see John Jones and Francis. I just think yeah. that, that that's the fight to make because I think they both have present each other challenges that they've never faced before. And mm-hmm. I'd like to see how they deal with them. Casey, what about you? Cyborg versus Nunes. I want to see that. I want to see that one run back. Part two. Yep, part two. I like it. I think you. Oh, you did. You unfroze. There you go. Oh. Yeah, that that hundred percent. That fight has to happen eventually. Lightning round. So quick answer. What happens to the winner of tonight's main event? Maybe Max Shorty. Cater uh, versus Danny Gay. Whoever wins fights Max. Cater, I think, yeah, should fight Max. You know, it's it's a top contender fight. It's being headlined for a reason, and Max Holloway needs a couple wins to get back up to title contention. He technically lost twice in the champion. He needs definitely more than one to get back to it. Dean, what do you say? Um, yeah, it seems like that's the fight that kind of makes sense. But, um, yeah, I w- and I would love to see Cater versus Max. I mean, that would be oh my God. an amazing fight. I think Calvin Cater's boxing is so underrated. Oh, I'll yeah. I'll watch that cat hit pads for an hour, and I'll, I'll find enjoyment out of it. Yeah, he can box. Uh, do you think Ori will fight again soon? Maybe it'll be against Colby or Edwards. Dean, what do you say? Um, I'm hoping he fights Colby. I think that makes sense. And if that's not the fight that happened, I think he should get another. I think he should get a rematch with Usman. Interesting. Uh, just because it was on short notice? No, just because I think he still. I think he presents the biggest challenge to Usman right now. Interesting. Shorty, your thoughts? I think he should fight Colby. I think that fight makes sense when it comes to the rankings and just the feud. You know, George has or Jorge has pretty much all the hype behind them. I think this is just a fan entertaining fight. We saw Colby fight Kamar Usman and how big Colby was able to bring the the crowd about. You know, whether they liked him or hated him, wanted to win or lose, I think it'd be the same thing against George. I like both. I like that fight. Jorge's very adamant he's not going to fight quote unquote the fragile guy with the MAGA hat. Uh, Colby's already but said. But if you he's, pay him right, right, he'll do it in six day notice. Colby says he's pretty interested in a Tyron Woodley fight, and Leon Edwards and Ori Masvidal gotten a dust up backstage in London. So any of those four fights, I'm all about. Colby versus Masvidal for the BMF Championship. Sell it like that. There you go. Who's next for Amanda Hebas? Hashtag the A-side from the seaside. Uh, Dean, what do you, who do you want to see Amanda Hebas oh. fight next? Wow, I mean, uh, she's so talented. Uh, yep. I used to love talented. being around her in the gym, and she's she's such a pleasure to be around. Uh, you know, she, maybe... Um, she called for the winner of uh, Carlos Barza and Marina Rodriguez or uh, Michelle Watterson, but Michelle Watterson has a fight with Angela Hill already lined up. Well, I was going to say Angela Hill maybe would be a, a, an interesting matchup. But, yeah, I think all any of those make sense for her. Shorty? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same. You know, it's one of those things that that, that division is, is pretty well-rounded. And for her, she's been doing her thing. What is she, 4-0 right now in the UFC? Something like that. You know, so she's been pushing the pace and beating some phenomenal fighters. Again, she bumped up this weight class to beat Paige Van Zandt. She's going to go back down and fight whoever's next. I think her against uh, a skilled veteran, Angela Hill or Michelle Watterson, would be awesome. Maybe she gets the winner of that. Casey? Hebas versus Joanna. I like that fight. I, but, I, uh, I, I love vets versus prospects, and I think you just you you see where they're at. But but dude, oh but dude, oh, I know it's supposed to be lightning round, but 
What, what, what is it like being in the gym with um, Amanda, Amanda Hebas? She seems like just the most, I, I, I absolutely love her as a fighter. I just love her personality. And it's like, is she, is she, is that her in the gym when you're, you're grinding out rounds, everyone's exhausted and she's still like, hello, you know, what is she? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, she comes in that way, but I mean, she trains really hard. She's really focused and dedicated on her craft and she's she's i mean whoever is working with her is lucky to have someone like that because she's very positive all the time she's just she's just a sweet girl um i mean obviously when she's training she's not all bubbly because she's yeah. so focused on what she's doing but she, before and after she's that guy she's that girl that's great man. A lot of from Dan Shapiro on Twitter. If Burns fights Usman for the title, where are the chances the UFC sees, uses the opportunity to tell and sell the story of a world-class athlete fighting and beating COVID and route to a title shot? Hashtag the A side. P.S. Hope Dean and Gilbert are healthy and recovering well. Uh, Dean, is that a good storyline for the UFC to sell of a fighter overcoming COVID and route to a title shot? Uh, not really. I don't think so. I think that's kind of a cheesy way to sell that. I mean, because you know, like if. If his conditions weren't that bad, it's, unless he was in the hospital on a respirator, then I think that maybe that's a, a different story. But it's a cheesy way to sell a fight. And, and, and thank you very much, Dan Shapiro, for the wishes. I'm doing air push-ups right now. <laughs> Shorty, is that, a, is that a weird narrative to sell? It's a weird narrative to sell, but I believe they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you look at... Uh, um, oh, man, I, I feel bad for not remember. But the guy who, who lost his daughter... You know, it's like they Ball literally Harris. headline that throughout the whole fight. You know how much stress that stuff is? Like that, dude. It's literally you're gonna you're you're reminding this guy every single day while you're filming him, while you're fighting, and then that's headlines in the fight. So everyone obviously wants him to win. They're gonna root. They're gonna watch. Cool. That's great. But what's the stress taken out on this guy? Given I know COVID is not the the same thing because Gilbert Burns is perfectly fine, but it's one of those things not, that <laughs> in. He, oh, is he? I, I, well, he's, I don't know. He's I not like he was... hospital sick, but sorry, he's not hospital sick. But, but he, 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 he definitely. We, we have an interview coming up tomorrow. He definitely said he felt it. it. It really affected him, but not hospital sick yet. But yeah, sorry. You know, so so that's the thing. Unless unless he was in the hospital and and on a respirator and all these crazy things, I don't see it being you know sellable. But I can see the UFC doing it as like a big uh, you know leading up to the fight type of thing. And I believe they'll probably even make a documentary of you know the UFC being the first promotion in the world you know, to come back after all this COVID. I think that's 100% going to happen. When, when I was in Jacksonville for all the fights, the UFC PR was like, y'all y'all are going to be in a documentary at some point, like 30 for yeah. 30. Like the fighters, the media members, everyone that had to go through this ordeal. Yeah, if you think you can sell it, they're going to make it. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's you know, that that's what I see. Whether it's good, bad, cheesy or not, if, if they can sell, they got it. All right, two more questions. From Aaron underscore 1988, what is Dana's problem with uh, Alzheimer's Sterling? We'll do anything to avoid naming him as the rightful next challenger. Possibly something to do with speaking out on fighter pay before, hashtag the A-side. So, yeah, interesting. I know this is a, uh, a rapid-fire one, but, yeah, uh, I think it's pretty obvious Alzheimer's Sterling is the number one contender at 135 pounds in the UFC. And Dana keeps saying, we'll see. I haven't thought about it. He seems to be the only one saying that. So, Dean, what is Dana's problem with Alzheimer's Sterling to answer this question? I don't think he has a problem with it. I think that... You know, Dana, every time Dana says something, he scrutinized for what he says, and he has to always go back on what he says, because the reality is is, is that, you know, if Henry Cejudo comes back, Henry Cejudo's getting that title shot. Mm -hmm. So he can't really just say, oh, Aljamain's getting it next, and then have to go back on that if Henry Cejudo wants to come back. So he's going to make sure that it's definite before he gives Aljamain that shot. 
Well said. Jordy, anything you want to add to that? I think it's based on the numbers. You know, it, everything lately has been on pretty much who's more popular. You know, who has this? Who has more views? Who's going to sell the tickets? And Aljamain Sterling might not be the most popular guy in the world, but he's definitely 100% the most deserving of the title shot. Do I believe he deserves it? Yes. Do I believe he can win? Yes. It is a tough fight, but I believe he has a really good chance. But right now, I just I don't see it happening anytime soon. If Henry Cejudo comes back, they're going to have that. Unless they have this, they'll probably make Aljamain Sterling fight uh, another top five guy, or even top three guy for that matter, just to get the title shot. It doesn't matter how well he performed against Corey Sanhagen. They're probably going to give him another one just to build off more hype to make it possibly a more popular fight. Case, anything you want to add? I think... Uh... Yeah, he should get the title shot. If he doesn't get the title shot, it should be. I, actually, I think Marlon Marais is the forgotten guy. He beat Aldo. He's on, you know, he, 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 he gave Cejudo a whooping before he lost that belt, but before he lost the fight. I mean, I, I think Marlon Marais is an amazing bantamweight. And, um, so, uh, he was also already scheduled to fight Jan. Yeah, yeah, so the, and, and, yeah they, they have a written contract. Those guys are supposed to fight already um, before all the, the pandemic. So um, it's, it's weird. <laughs> all right, and final question. Better UFC debut, Jerry Prohaska or Michelle Pajeda? What is Prohaska's ceiling in the light heavyweight division? Casey, better UFC debut, Prohaska or Pajeda? Oh, Prohaska, absolutely. Who, who to prayer? Who is his debut against? Uh, Danny Roberts, right? Yeah, I mean, he, Danny Roberts wasn't a top 20 guy. I mean, Danny Roberts is obviously very talented, but he wasn't, you know, a pre, a, he wasn't a former title contender. What year he did was um, amazing. So, uh, yeah, year, year, year. I don't think anyone's coming. No one's going to be Anderson Silva's MMA uh, UFC debut. No one's ever going to be that. Justin Justin Gaethje. No. Best UFC debut I've ever seen. Fight of the that, year. That was the most exciting UFC, UFC debut. But to come against Chris Lieben. And, he, and remember, Anderson Silva got the title shot based on that performance. That's why. Yeah. But so, um, yeah, the, so, an, the answer is um, French. Oh, how do you say his last name again? Prohaska. Prohaska, sorry. Jordy, what do you think? I go Prosca. You know, he fought a top 20 guy. He did his thing and performed really, really well. He has a resume behind him. And uh, I think overall he's going to move much farther in his career, much faster. But I think when it comes to U.S. debut, he put on a hell of a performance. Dean? Yeah, same thing. I got to go and just, you know, say the same thing that Prohaska did his thing and against a, against a, a, a very popular guy. So you got to give him the, the nod on that one. Yeah, I think knocking it out for him, a title challenger, uh, was is always going to put you a, a step above. But Casey, that's all of our all the questions we got. Uh, yeah, I mean we have lots of YouTube questions, but um, sorry, we had yeah, we've gone ten minutes. Who over, follows so. YouTube? Yeah, yeah, right. Maybe, 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 but they, they try so hard. They they ask so many questions. Let me get one. Let me get one person's question. There we go. We got time. <laughs> Please uh, let it be about Dean. Come yeah, on, let it be about Dean. <laughs> oh no. Uh, you can talk amongst yourselves. So, Dean, how many air push-ups have you been doing today? I can only do 20. <laughs> Tell me, man. 50, 50, 50? No, I, don't, I do 20 at a time. How do you do laundry stuck in a hotel? Dean? I don't. I haven't. <laughs> All right, I, man, I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna front, man. I ain't showered for the first four days. Amen. The good news is I lost my smell, so it didn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the crazy thing is when Dean says this, Nothing has changed. He's just now in a different place. That's it. He's just now in his hotel room. So it, look at it's the same thing. You literally are in your room doing interviews all day, not showering, not changing, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's the same routine. It's the same and thing. 
the same amount of air push-ups, which is the craziest thing. So, uh, you, you, yeah, no, nothing's changed. He's he's perfectly fine. From Joey Joseph Bose on YouTube, LOL. On nine days' notice, we found out that Bellator is back with Bellator 242, Ricky Bendejas versus Sergio Pettis. Your thoughts? So, guys, yes, we talk about UFC all the time. Yeah. Sure, you're not. You're not a UFC fighter. You're a Brave fighter. And now we're having a Bellator question. Uh, So what are your thoughts on Bellator coming back with Ben Dejas versus Sergio Pettis? Sergio Pettis, of course, this is your weight class, Shorty. Uh, So what do you think? I've actually trained with both of them, uh, Ricky down at American Top Team and Sergio Pettis up at Rufus Sport. They're both phenomenal fighters. I'm going to give the slight edge to Sergio Pettis, but Ricky's been able to come back in almost every single fight. I believe in every fight that he's won in those crazy knockouts, He's, he's literally been losing. And then out of nowhere, you know, spinning back to somebody or, or, you know, randomly hooks him backwards. You know, he does crazy unorthodox things. And I think that's what's going to be his advantage in the fight against Sergio because he is so technical. But, you know, a lot of people make it underrated. Sergio Pettis' jiu-jitsu is actually really, really good. So he is a very well-rounded fighter. I don't know if Ricky Benenhouse is going to be able to withstand that on the ground as well. I mean, my game plan against Sergio would be, I'm not going to brawl with this guy. I need to push him to the fence and take him down and then work off the top and, and push that gas tank so hopefully he starts to die out in the second and third round. Maybe Ricky's going to do that. But again, I know Sergio, you know, from personal experience, he's prepared for that and he's ready to work off his back as well. So and I think that's a very close fight. I think it's a much-deserving fight, especially for Ricky, you know, being James Gallagher and, and, and all these guys coming up. I think it's awesome for him to finally have a, a headlining fight. So I think it's an amazing start for, for Bellator. Dean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, so I trained Chris Kalates to fight Sergio Pettis, and the game plan was to get him down and, and wear him out. Turns out Sergio was better than him on the ground, so it was like, oh! <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, Sergio's a really good fighter, but if anybody's good at spoiling the party, that's a guy like Ricky Bandejas. Mm-hmm. So he's good at spoiling the party. So it is an interesting matchup, and, you know, all I can say is it's going to be fun to watch. This isn't a five-round fight, right? Casey Bellator no, doesn't do five rounds. No, their main event is still three rounds for non-title fights. Oh, well. I wish this was a five-round fight. Uh, so, but both of you guys agree that, so, like, the way the Cejudo fought Pettis is the way to beat him? Just take him down yeah. and, like, wear him out? Yeah, but here's the thing. When Cejudo took him down, he was pretty much forcing Sergio to wrestle. He was making Sergio stay in referee's position instead of working off his back and working to jiu-jitsu. He pretty much would take him down and let him kind of get a little bit of room to get back to referee's position to try to stand up. And that's all Henry Cejudo did was just kind of lay on and put the pressure on his shoulders. And any time he got up, he picked him up, brought him back down, and kept him in referee's position the entire time, or if not side mount. So there wasn't really much room for him to attack. But with Ricky, you never know what type of takedowns he has. He is a longer individual. Maybe he's able to get a body lock. Maybe he does trips and sweeps. But it just depends on what he's trying to do with Sergio. Sergio is very good, both on the inside and outside. I think he's a little bit better when it comes to, um, you know, his overall stand-up skill, you know, compared to his brother because he is used to doing all the things with his brother and learning a little more and starting at a younger age. So I think it's a it's a great fight for both. I'm going to give the slight edge to Sergio. But like Dean said, the, the spoiler party has been Ricky all day, every day. I love this Is that fight. the last one? Is that the last question, Casey? Yeah, we can keep going. I mean, uh, it's, it's up to these gentlemen. I mean, Dean don't got anything to do. <laughs> he ain't going anywhere. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> All right, well, wait, hold on. Um, You're just going to see a peanut butter jelly sandwich just come out of the, just blow the camera. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> at a glass of milk. Yeah. Okay, actually, well, we, we, we've gotten a few variations of this question, but... um. 
Volk Max 3 should happen. So I'll use this to ask both of you guys, how did you score Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway? Well, I so when I was watching it, I wasn't paying all that close attention to it to score round by round the way it should be done. So I can't really go back and say that I, I thought Max was robbed. But when I was watching, I was thinking that Max was in control, and I thought he won. You know, just like, you know, not paying close attention. It just looked like he was winning. So I, I'm going to say that he won the fight, but should three happen? I think that's a bit disrespectful to Max right now and everybody else in the division because now you are undermining Max as the champion. Or not Max, but Vulcan oh, is the champion and saying, you know what, we, we we know that you lost that fight. In his mind, he won that fight. So, And in the judge's mind, he won that fight. And based on the rules of what we have, he won that fight. He's two and zero against Max right now. So, you know, I, I think I think he should probably get another opponent first before he fights Max again. Shorty. Yeah, Dean. Dean was too busy. He was playing words of friends or words yeah. of Scrabble, True. and then doing air push-ups. So he was he was working hard, you know, working the brain and it's just physical. He's a champion. Anyways, so I I actually watched the fight. I did pay attention. Um, I don't I don't I don't have I like games where you know. Anyways, uh, I was coloring. <laughs> yeah, there he was coming. So uh, I, I gave it Max Holloway 3-2. I think Wokonowski was able to push it towards the end, but I thought it was a little too late. Uh, was it a close fight? Yes, but I still gave it 3-2 to two to Max. I don't believe it was a split decision, but again, the judges look at it the way it did. I'm glad I'm not a judge and have to deal with all the backlash at a late bird. But, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I technically, record-wise, he lost twice. I believe he should fight two more times to prove that he's still, you know, one of the greatest featherweights of all time and then just get back to it, to a title uh, title fight, whether it's Volkanovski still or someone new. This kind of reminds me of the Frank Edgar Benson Henderson fights. Like that first fight was so close, and then the rematch, a lot of people think Frankie won, and Frankie kind of threw his hat in the air and says, what, else, what do I have to do to get that second judge to give me this in the favor? Anyway, Casey, what do you think? I don't mind the trilogy, but I know it ain't going to happen. So I'm going to suggest another fight that's even more doubtful to happen. Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway 2 at 155. I wish. Yeah, I know. It ain't going to happen. But that's uh, that's fight. And I think Max Holloway is already a top, I think he's a top five lightweight. I mean, he was only, he was so close. Him and that Poirier fight was, it was... It was, I mean, it wasn't, Poirier, you know, put a beating on him, but they both took a beating. So I think Max is, um, is a top lightweight, too. So, um, yeah, Max versus uh, Connor. <laughs> Ain't going to happen, though. All right, well, one last question. Do, 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 do. Uh, Dean, you, you got pineapple jelly over there? <laughs> I don't, man. I got regular jelly. I had them bring the regular jelly this time. Ooh. I've never had pineapple jelly. Yeah, I also yeah, think, I'm not the only one. All right, cool. Make it sure. Shorty, Shorty's like, this is the blackest thing I've ever seen. Pineapple <laughs> Dude, I, I went to the fridge. I'm like, man, I'm having a craving because I always have peanut butter sandwiches. So I'm like, oh, I'm having a craving for something sweet. I'll find some jelly. And I'm looking in the fridge. I'm like, what's this, like, yellow, like, jelly-looking thing? And I was like, pineapple jelly. This is the blackest thing I've ever seen. Like, I'm, ne I'm Latino, so I've never heard of pineapple jelly, like you just said. Which, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. But, yeah, no, it's... Yeah, I, I never... Man, I didn't know I'm that a, was a thing. I'm tropical. You know that. 
Because <laughs> you live in Florida, it doesn't make you tropical. You're from PSL. <laughs> I'm tropical, he says. Casey, what was that question I saw? Final Last question. question. The, the most important one. You know, you know, you know what's coming up, Jose. Yep. Dean's ice cream choice. So I will preface this with this. We've had this question. Did we ask you this, Shorty? The, about the uh, hand cannon? No. So no. I will ask you that. This, that amazes me because we've asked almost all of our guests since we got that. This is a very I'm important not, I'm question. Not important. It, I'm not it's important. It's usually the first question we get, but we'll close it with this. So I'll start with Dean. In this fictional world, I'm going to lay the scenario out. In a world where you can solve world hunger with a Mega Man-style hand cannon on your arm that can shoot one flavor of ice cream, what flavor are you picking to, sol- to uh, solve world hunger? And keep in mind, cream, this flavor cookies and cream. And keep in mind, this is not a continuous stream like soft serve. This is like one shot, like it's doom, 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 scoop flavored, not soft serve. You're going cookies and cream? Cookies and cream. That is the correct answer. Uh, Shorty, what is your answer? I second cookies and cream. This is why Dean and I get along. Uh, that's all we do after practice is rehydrate with cookies and cream ice cream. So if anybody wants to sponsor us, that would be amazing. Uh, and pineapple jelly. If you guys both same company make pineapple jelly, you know, that'd be great. But, uh, these get all excited over there, but, oh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, no, I, I cook in the cream all day, every day. That is the correct. What was your answer, Casey? You were, you were wrong, right? I, 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 I think, I, think I had ch- pistachio or chocolate chip mint. <laughs> no, mint. <man. laughs> uh, huh. Those are too bad. Cream, Those are too what bad. Well, cookies and cream, that's a great, that's a, that's a great choice. That's a... Cookies and cream is the correct choice, followed by cookie uh, dough or chocolate fudge brownie. Because my argument is, if you're solving world hunger, you need a ice cream flavor with like things in it, so you can fill up more. It's yeah, less that, ice. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And cookies is the best thing you can have in it. Dean was so so disgusted by the chocolate mint. Casey, what <laughs> what what jelly flavor do you put on your peanut butter jelly sandwich? Let's see Dean's face. Ready? Oh, but. Je- I wanted. To, I'm very interested in this pineapple jelly. This oh yeah. Okay. I'm very. I'm very. I'm very. I'm very interested in it. It sounds. What jelly do you have in your fridge right now? As long as you say orange marmalade, we good. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Anyway, is that all the questions we got, Casey? Yeah, that's it. Well, as always, the guests of honors of the show get the final say. Uh, Shorty, I'll start with you. Anything you want to say to our? You know the drill. Anything you want to say to our lovely listeners? Uh, I don't have a crystal yet. Um, I'm still waiting for that. What is this, like my sixth show? I'm surprised. Yeah, I we'll get you. Like, We're getting. We're on it. I haven't been paid. I haven't received a crystal. Uh, I I think I actually lost followers. No, it's, um, <laughs> Damn. Damn. no man. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to give a shout out to everyone surviving COVID. Great for you guys, Dean. Love you. And. Uh, <laughs> I see, see you soon. You know, growing shots at foot stomps. Uh, don't belittle those guys. Everybody gets one. But um, no, nah, man, I, I appreciate all the support. If everyone wants to follow me, Jose Shorty Torres on IG, Shorty Torres MMA on Twitter and Facebook, TeamShorty.com, where it helps my foundation and it helps kids, teens, and young adults stay inside the gym and off the streets. I know right now not all the gyms are open, but I'm able to buy gear, whether it's a punching bag or actual physical gear of um, um, boxing gloves, shin guards, stuff like that, so guys can practice at home and stay off the streets and stay inside the gym. So it's Team Shorty Foundation with 100% of my proceeds go to my foundation to help people. So I really appreciate all the support, TeamShorty.com. And uh, Hans, I'm still waiting to get sponsored by Monster. I love you. That's like, I think it's five episodes ago I brought this up. Yep, yep. I'm telling you, it's it's. Um, I'm doing all my shoutouts now. Dean, do you, do you have anything? Dean? Yeah. Um, the first thing I'm gonna do when I see you, Shorty, is I'm gonna spit right in your mouth. All right. <laughs> Good so, Lord. Just, so hopefully, <laughs> I hope you're prepared for this. 
more? <laughs> yeah, more. I'm going to spit right in your mouth. But uh, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dean Thomas. Dean is spelled D-I-N Thomas. And if you need some energy, get a quick strip, energy strip from EliteOpsEnergy.com. That's my people. The, the energy is perfect for you. So uh, check them out, EliteOpsEnergy.com. Well done. Using both of your platforms to push something you need. Anyway, Casey, anything you want to say before no, we just, sign off? No, just wait. Thank you to Mr. Shorty Torres and thank you, Mr. Thomas, for to, um, for joining us today. And thank you for everyone for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk about hitting people in the dick. <laughs> Dean, stay yeah. safe out there. I hope you could, I hope you get home soon. Uh, no one wants to get stuck in that holiday. I've been in that holiday. No one wants to get stuck in there for longer than two weeks. I just wanted to say, I want to see videos of people trying pineapple jelly and just like a yeah. reaction. Like I want, I, I need, I need to see this. Tweet all of us your thoughts on pineapple jelly because I'd never heard of it until about five minutes ago. I hate pineapple to begin with, so I probably won't try it. So someone tell me how it is. But for Jose, that's Jose. That's Dean. That's Casey. We'll be back next Wednesday. Fights today. Media day tomorrow. Weigh-ins Friday. More fights Saturday. It's Fight Island Fight Month. Fight Week, Fight Month. Fight, 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 fight. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.